Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number three. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the podcast again. Uh, today, we have a treat in store for everybody, We're talking with Bryce Mason, who is the founder of P2P Picks, probably the leading credit modeler in uh, in the peer-to-peer lending world right now, particularly when it comes to retail investors. And he uh, talks about his service, talks about what's coming down the pipe um, and the challenges for investors today. I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this interview. Hope you do as well. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Bryce. Thank you, Peter. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so why don't you just start off with uh, giving a, a little bit of background about yourself, like what you do for a day job, and just tell people tell people more about yourself. Sure. I like to say that I'm an extroverted statistician. <laughs> uh, I saw that's on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of comments about that. <laughs> uh, by day, I'm a college administrator who runs a department devoted to data analysis. We tell stories with data basically to help people, you know, decision makers make policy choices that are based on evidence and reality rather than anecdote or personal belief. I've been doing, you know, all sorts of analyses and using many techniques over about a 10-year period in various facets of higher education, uh, ranging from cost control to evaluating interventions uh, such as to improve bar passage rates or graduation rates. You know, my, my formal training is in mathematics uh, at UC Riverside and policy analysis at uh, the Rand Graduate School. Uh, and they've been hugely useful uh, professionally, but I've also been into computer programming as an application since I was about 10. Huh. Uh, and that, that's been quite helpful in, in this respect as well as throughout my professional career. Sure. Um, so- of course... So do you yeah, teach as well? Do you teach um, at the university or just are you mainly an administrator? Um, yeah, you know, mainly I'm, I'm a college administrator, but I do teach one class every year in, uh, no surprise, uh, in the finance department, uh, statistics for the MBA program. So I enjoy that a great deal. And, and the students enjoy hearing a little bit about how I apply statistics to a scenario that, that, that they're naturally interested in. Okay. So how, how did you, do you remember how you first came across P2P Lending and what, what got you interested in it? Uh, yeah, you know, I remember reading about Prosper in 2006 on some uh, internet finance forums that I frequented at that time. Hmm. You know, there there was an openness uh, from the company that I found appealing. Um, you know, there were promises to share record level loan data, for example, and I found that astonishing. Uh, no, no other institutions that I know of, uh, save for you know the federal government in things like uh, the census or other national surveys that are used for the public good you know, really have ever provided such a revealing look into their core business. Uh, You know, at at the time, you know, I I decided to hold off investing personally uh, until I could study that data and develop a strategy. And, you know, years passed and and the financial crisis kind of distracted me. Uh, You know, and waiting was probably a good personal choice. Yeah, it was. Um, (laughs) But but, uh, eventually in late 2011, I ran across Lending Club and had, uh, had some spare money at that time. And uh, I've been working a number of years and took time over the Christmas break to really to, to work that data very carefully. And, and for the first time, you know, I felt like, wow, I've, I've got a leg up in the investing world. Uh, this is the kind of data that one needs to do serious due diligence, uh, you know, and is, is only really ever rarely provided. And yet there it was. And so I, I really, you know, I began kind of my, my most confident investment choices at that time. 
Okay, so can you talk the listeners through a little bit? I mean, you are you're obviously a pretty sophisticated uh, data analyst. What is the difference between what what you did then and what you've continued to do than what people like like I do who just basically go onto Nickel Steamroller and look at the analysis and see, okay, historically, you know, zero inquiry zero inquiries has been a really good filter. You know, income is a really good filter, see how they combine and come up with a with a filtering strategy, which is what I would say ninety nine percent of active investors do. So what what's the difference between what you did and what we do? Yeah, that's a really good question, and uh, there are a number of differences, but I think that probably the two that are most important come down to the following things. Um, the, the primary difference is that when we analyze the data to understand uh, what drives profitability or, or loss rates, we're doing it simultaneously with with all of the factors that are provided to us so that we can we can understand in a, in, a, in a simultaneous way how income relates to charge off while holding constant you know, inquiries and looking at, uh, looking at uh, you know, the type of the loan that it is and perhaps the borrower location. All of these things interplay with each other and they all have kind of their own independent uh, relationships to, to the things that you're studying. And when you, when you, when you use a filter strategy, uh, you know, and, which is perfectly fine. I mean, filter strategies are, are wonderful and people are getting great results with them. The, the issue is that when you decide unilaterally that you want to say inquiries equal to zero, it may very well be the case, and indeed it is the case, that perhaps there's a lot of good inquiry equal to one loans out there that happen to be very, very positive on many other dimensions that overcome the fact that that loan has a, has a single inquiry. Right, yeah. And so it comes down to volume. Uh, a filter strategy is perfectly adequate for a single investor wanting to, uh, to, you know, to, to get good returns on their portfolio. But you try to, to have a strong, the, the difference becomes you really need some sort of more sophisticated modeling approach when you're trying to deploy millions and millions of dollars, such as a pension fund or an investment fund might do, and you need to, to be able to target uh, quality loans in, in, a, in a large volume way. Right, that makes sense. So it's sort of like, it's kind of, a, it's a more holistic approach, I guess you would say, than just Yeah, it's, it's, it's looking at all of the factors simultaneously and, and not saying that any one of them is an absolute. It's saying, let's look at all 50, 100 things that, that the platforms provide you to analyze and say, what is individual contribution and how do all of those things sum up given all of the borrower characteristics? Right. Right. Okay. So, do you like you obviously got you've got all the lending club data, everything that's publicly available. Um, do you also use any external data, like you know, like foreclosure rates or unemployment rate by different states and that sort of thing, or do you just purely focus on on the actual data that we're given? Uh, yes, uh, I have analyzed extensively uh, other data sources. Now, to be frank, most of the uh, well, to to be the most frank, the, the models that one can construct trying to predict borrower behavior in terms of charging off or not charging off are not, you know, uh, unbelievably powerful. I mean, there's a lot of randomness out there in, in this data. Right. And, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, I think that that's important to get on the table for the listeners is that, uh, you know, no one out there can predict with certainty what's going to happen with loan, loans. 
it's uh, it's quite variable. Uh, but to the extent that you can predict some things and, and some tendencies, the best data is always the individual borrower data. So the data that Lending Club and Prosper and these platforms are providing about the, the borrowers themselves is certainly the most powerful and most important. But uh, that said, there are uh, kind of more macroeconomic factors that can be studied and attached to uh, those borrowers uh, that that do uh, say some uh, light additional relationships to, uh, to to profitability. So yeah, uh, and there are a number of sources out there. The Federal Reserve Economic Database uh, called FRED uh, provides a number of state level and county level characteristics that you can study, such mm-hmm. as unemployment rates and foreclosure rates and those kinds of things. And uh, and anyway, yeah, there's there's a number of external sources. So without without giving away a secret source, I mean, are you using those sources in your in your models today? I can I can tell you that I have looked at all. I mean, there's there are thousands of of uh, different variables and factors in those databases from like the the current population surveys and uh, and Fred and I've I've spent you know hundreds of hours scouring those factors to try to understand if if, if there's much of a relationship and which ones. Um, and and I, all I can really tell you is that I've looked at it very carefully. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So you know, I know we when you we first chatted, I think it's probably been almost two years ago now. Um, probably soon after you got going in in, in your uh, in your doing your lending club work. Uh, you you know, I know you started off. You know, you've you basically created this model that you've been using to invest your own personal money. At at what point did you decide that this is something that you really is worth is worth sharing with uh, with other investors and and which ended up you know obviously with the uh, with P two P picks what when did you decide that and how did that kind of come to be what were the thought process processes yeah like? well you're exactly right I mean it began as my personal investment strategy but I I quickly realized that uh, that people valued the benefits that a third party service could provide you know so so a Loan selection advice can more quickly help people achieve their investing goals. Uh, many people just simply want to be passive and don't want to, you know, have to develop their own strategies. But I think perhaps more importantly is B, the due diligence behind our advice confers a protective benefit uh, to consumers by maintaining some standardized level of expected performance. I, I believe it, you know, it's comforting for people to know that if the platforms uh, such as Lending Club or Prosper uh, suddenly start to dig deeper and deeper into the loan origination barrel, we're identifying mm-hmm. that and we're helping them steer clear and we're, we're kind of holding a, a standard level of expected performance. Right. Now, that's a good point. That's a good point. So so you have right now on P2P Picks, you have um, the loss minimizer and the profit maximizer. Can you um, can you just tell us the difference, a different approach between those those two models? Yeah, n- no problem at all. Those two models are really two sides of the same coin. Uh, in this case, the coin is a statistical model, a single statistical model that, given the relevant borrower information uh, that Lending Club provides and perhaps some external sources, uh, can yield an estimated probability of, a, of that loan charging off or, or experiencing a, a default. Then once you have that, it can be used to achieve many goals. And the models that you mentioned are two examples, but we've designed other products that are, you know, that are proprietary uh, for, for different clients. And, uh, and, and those all, they're all driven off that same likelihood of a borrower defaulting. Uh, 
uh, profit maximizer, uh, although it's evolved a little bit over the last couple of years, uh, its core idea has always been to identify those loans that have the highest expected profit. Mm-hmm. And the loss minimizer is simply just very, very much for the conservative, uh, conservative lender trying to identify those loans that, that just have the absolute lowest likelihood of defaulting regardless of their interest rate. So, you know, that tends towards the A-graded loans, but you would be surprised right. surprised how many B-notes also wind up uh, having a pretty low chance of default. Hmm. Okay, okay. So then um, how how about the evolution? Like we know that, you know, it was, I think it was December last year where Lending Club did a pretty major underwriting change. I think they did another significant one earlier this year. I mean, what, what do you do when you're, uh, seeing these changes because I know that your your models are built purely on on matured loans. So you wait you wait for the full three years, correct? On on how uh, to build your model. We do. Uh, we, yeah. we do. We do wait for uh, we study matured loans only. Um, although we'll probably start uh, having an advanced look at some of the sixty month loans real shortly, so that we can uh, you know when we do start to have that mature data. We can get right on it, but uh, but for the right. for the actual products that we that we sell, uh, everything is based on mature loans. Okay, that's a good point. So you obviously everything is thirty six month loans right now. Um, so then, are you? Does that just not concern you then? The changes that that, that happen, the, the underwriting tweaks that they're doing. What are you? What are you? Um, what's your view on on how things you know just drift? How things have changed over the years? Yeah, things things always evolve. Um, mm-hmm. But you know they have their underwriting, uh, and we have ours. Uh, they are one hundred percent to the extent that they provide us accurate data. Uh, they are one hundred percent. Uh, exclusive from each other. Uh, we do not rely on uh, any judgments made by Lending Club or Prosper in our uh, assessment of the likelihood to default. We use all uh, characteristics that are unique to the borrower. Uh, so, for example, we wouldn't use loan grade. We wouldn't use the A, B, C, D, E uh, in, our, right. in our judgments. Uh, and so, therefore, when Lending Club or Prosper makes a change, uh, it does, simply doesn't affect us. Uh, we we roll with our models and our our belief based on the history of how we see all these factors uh, interplaying with the likelihood of default and uh, and that's that. Now, right. now occasionally when they make an interest rate change, if they suddenly uh, you know made uh, you know D loans tomorrow five percent higher, uh, then we would immediately spot that. I mean the the you know the uh, the algorithms would would take that into consideration and probably start picking a lot more D loans for, you know, for the profit maximizing model. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So then you, you just mentioned that, you know, the 60 month loans, you're going to start taking a look at, even though I think it's going to be 2016, you know, 2015, yeah, I believe, I before the, end, the first ones matured. Tail end of 2015, I think uh, we'll yeah. have, you know, enough to, to, to be able to use it. But, you know, I think we're, you know, we're, we're a good three years into those and the, you know, the default curves are looking, Mostly like the 36 month curves. And so you could, you know, you can interpolate to a good, uh, a good degree how that's going to end up. Uh, but, you know, of course, we don't want to have any surprises in a, in a final product. So yeah, we'll probably start studying those real soon. So what about, um, adjusting that to the, to the 36 month loans? Are you, do you have any plans to say, look at the 36 month loans after 18 months or two years? Cause, you know, the, obviously the, the, you're only looking at us because because you're th- waiting three years. You're only looking at a small subset of all the loans because they've been growing so fast. So, 
Yeah, are you, that's are true. You planning on making changes there, as up, like looking at earlier before they fully matured? No, not really. You know, there are different statistical methods that can take advantage of uh, of, of data that that have not, uh, you know, matured or, or completely finalized. There's there's uh, hazard models that that look at sensor uh, data like that. But but to be frank, uh, there are other benefits for having uh, having just simply looking at matured loans. It's very simple. Yep. Uh, I'm a big fan of simplicity. Um, and then there are some uh, calculation-based uh, advantages for, for keeping it really simple uh, that maybe we can go into later. But, uh, but no, uh, I think that we're okay. Uh, the, the, the fact is, is that uh, every quarter we go through and we rebuild the model based on okay. uh, the additional three, you know, three months of, uh, of completed loans uh, over, the, over the history. And so as, as we do that every quarter, we keep a record of how that model changes or what the, what the patterns look like over time. And, you know, it, it's amazing the great consistency uh, that these relationships have quarter after quarter after quarter. And so I'm not really convinced uh, that, that going too far into the future would really yield anything uh, that dramatically different. Interesting. Interesting. So you, so when you do these updated models, you find that there's you don't really have to change much of anything. Don't have to change much of anything. Uh, I mean, all of the the, the word that we use, coefficients, all the coefficients, uh, you know, they change on the margin a, a little bit. But uh, in some cases, like for example, the relationship between the borrower's FICO score and the likelihood of default. I mean, sometimes these things just change, you know, less than one one hundredth of a point. And, and wow, so, wow. Uh, you know, what, when the differences are that modest, you know, it's, it's, it gives you good confidence that, uh, that adding additional data, you know, while it may help you spot a smaller relationship, isn't going to change, uh, change that relationship dramatically. Interesting. Well, interesting to see how, if that, if that continues, because, you know, there's been, there's been a few points in Lending Club's history where they have made you know, relatively dramatic changes to their underwriting and the interest rates have definitely adjusted. I mean, you've seen, I think when I first started, interest rates were way lower than they, than they are today, um, particularly at the higher end. It seems like that's, that's been something that's been, that, that's changed. I mean, it's all interesting to see how it, how it evolves, I guess, over time. Yeah, that, that may be true. Now, you got to remember that the interest rate is actually the end product of Lending Club's uh, assessment of the borrower. They take mm-hmm. all of the borrower inputs and then assign an interest rate. Really, the interest rate has nothing to do with, I mean, uh, if you just look at it exclusively by itself against the, the default, of course, it has a strong relationship because it, it's, it's the signal that wraps up all of those borrower characteristics into what they think is an appropriate, uh, appropriate assessment of the risk. But uh, so, so them changing interest rates here, there, or anywhere, depending on you know, myriad factors, uh, you know, really, really doesn't influence the underlying statistical model. Okay. Okay. So then what do you think the advantage is like? What, what sort of, I know you did a, you did a post on Lend Academy about this, but I just share with readers here. What, what kind of advantage does the profit maximizer give you as, uh, as far as, you know, an expected return above uh, an average return? Sure. I mean, uh, I can only speak to the back testing that we've done. Uh, that, that paper is out there on, on the web. Uh, and also my personal account, but you know, in terms of a of an improvement over like an indexed approach, uh, you know, it's 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 three or four hundred uh, basis points above uh, above an average. 
I think that the real benefit, and to be honest, it's not hard to beat that. Uh, you can use very, very tight filters. I, you know, I think you, you have a fairly tight filter, and I know that, that right. others around the web have an even tighter filter. And they can, you know, they can improve above and beyond that. But the goal that we're trying to achieve is to be able to support thousands of subscribers who, you know, who, who want to be able to have above average returns, be in that top 10% and and uh, and and make it easy on them. So we have slightly different goals than trying to be the absolute, you know, pinnacle right. of returns. We're trying to build something that can support a lot of users or or a few very large institutions. Right, I see. Yeah, so let, actually let's 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 start talking about that like the P2P picks. Um, you know, you launched earlier this year. Uh, it's probably been, you know, probably about 9 months ago, I guess it's been thereabouts. Uh, what um, how's it been going? What uh, you know, do you have do you have a, a large number of subscribers? I mean, what what can you tell us about how pdppicks.com has been going? Sure. Uh, well, we've been growing consistently. Uh, every every week, we pick up a few additional subscribers. Um, mm-hmm. Over three hundred and fifty people have tried the service so far. I think we've been open about eight or nine months. Um, although the number of active users fluctuates, uh, probably about half of that. Uh, in terms of web traffic, about it, it's it's amazing. I mean, about 50 people a day are hitting our website, uh, either deploying new capital or reinvesting their loan payments. Um, order volume is very tricky to measure. You know, we don't have direct access to their accounts. And right. Historically, the website would would simply uh, count their attempted investments when they clicked on a on the go button. But uh, you know, there are a number of reasons why subscribers you know may not have invested their money. As you're well aware, and probably most listeners are, the most likely of which is that the loan was just simply no longer available. Uh, you have to really, you have to be on it. You have to be sitting there on right. the website, ready to go. Keep <laughs> um, refresh you know, every second. In the, you know, in the old days when one could take their time, that method was a lot more accurate. But, but I'm, I'm certain that we've, uh, we've helped inform millions of dollars of investments on behalf of our retail clients. Okay, so what what is the breakdown? Do you know between the loss minimizer and the and the profit maximizer? I mean, I imagine most people going to your site are doing the profit maximizer. They do. Yeah, true? I'd say that's probably uh, eighty to eighty five percent of the activity on the site. Okay, okay, and uh, yeah, because I mean, I, I'm I am one of those people. I, I actually get on for my main taxable account. I'm I'm using you know P two P picks. I'm on pretty much every day, and and I am on there. You know, I wait. Um, I'm basically I wait to the wait to the loans hit lending club, and then as soon as I see them hitting lending club, I go straight over to. I have them in two windows and straight over into P2P picks and and, and, and they're they're ready, aren't they, Peter? They're they're pretty much ready. They, they've you've done a lot better. Back in the old days, when it, like three or four months ago, I'd have it would take me ten seconds, fifteen seconds to get them coming in, but now it's it's pretty much right there. It's uh, which is obviously you've you've done some some speed enhancements, I imagine, to your to your service. Can you so can you like like let us know like what I mean we know when you started, people had lots of time. Yeah, you, know, you could you could uh, invest and you know the, the the popular loans would would maybe be gone in a half a day, maybe the really popular loans in a in a couple of hours, but never in seconds. So, no. how have you how have you evolved your service to to really you know change with the competitive environment today? Yeah, it, it's a far cry from the days when I would email spreadsheets. <laughs> right now, yeah, that's right. Back at this so list, no back last year in twenty. 20- 12 Bryce would email me a spreadsheet once every I don't know about once a week I think it was and I would 
uh, you know, with a link to the note and I would go in and, uh, and invest manually and he had plenty and I'd, I'd sometimes sit on that for a day and then go in and uh, invest. <laughs> so and most of them, most of them would still be there. Most of them would still be there, yeah. but not the case so, anymore. You know, uh, it does become more and more competitive over time. Um, I'm, yep. uh, you know, I'm very proud of how we've been ahead of the curve on this end um, or, or at least been quick to react when there are dramatic changes. Uh, first, we're very fast on the trigger now when it comes to making our publications. You know, we've purposely uh, alluded to this uh, a few questions ago. We've purposely chosen statistical methods for which the math to score loans isn't all that complicated. From the time that we detect that new loans are available on the platform, we've usually published our picks within about two to four seconds. Most of that time is the loan data in transit. The actual analysis only takes like 20 milliseconds. People who, you know, people who are waiting on the website can usually pick up some loans. Um, although I think, uh, you know, in the long run, ninja-like human interface is probably a, a waiting art. Right. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's, now, I, mean, I, I find now I get, you know, I, I'm sort of probably a 25% success rate these days, and I'm fast. Yeah. But, um, now, yeah, now that's, that's the way it goes. Second, uh, you know, so we, we recognize that, that, you know, that sort of human interface is probably uh, going to go away at some point. So we've developed a custom application programming interface or uh, API for users or subscribers to our site to enable them, uh, people to, to fetch our publications and use them as they wish. Uh, for, for those without the programming skills to do that, you know, on their own, um, we're partnering with third-party account management service providers so that they can still take advantage of our research, but in an automated way. Uh, we're, we're staying away from the, uh, the execution side of things, but we are providing our publications to people uh, in faster and faster ways and in automated ways so that they, can, uh, that they, they don't have to be sitting there and uh, you know, uh, testing their reflex skills. Right. So, so is that is that the partnership with Blue Vestment? Is that what you're talking about right now? Yes, uh, we have uh, we have a partnership with Blue Vestment, but uh, we're very open with the the use of our API. Uh, the, the whole the whole point of it is to get it out there and that people can use it. So, we're hoping for additional third party account managers to to take that up and put it on their systems. And we're also hoping, you know, hey, there's some creative individuals out there that maybe want to make a. Uh, uh, you know, like an open source utility that people could run and they could just incorporate that API and, and uh, then, then home users could just let it run on their system and let it go. So are you, are you going to charge the, like the average retail investor if that someone happens to be a really technical person? Are you going to charge them for your API? There's no what's, charge what's... for the API above and beyond the standard charge for our service, which of course right now is zero. We haven't been charging our right. retail investors exactly. anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I get a bill every month from, from P2P Picks. You know, but it's, I know it's not, as you say, it's not, it's just a bogus bill. It's not it's actually a bogus bill. charging. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, at some point we'll turn that on, but right now we're just more focused on growing the service and providing, uh, providing right. a quality service. And, and to be frank, you know, a few hundred bucks a month isn't going to make or break me. So, um, right. you know, so it's just more about, uh, about getting something out there. Um, no, there's okay. no, no charge for the API. People can just use it if they're a subscriber. They have to apply for an account, but, you know, I can turn that on quite simply. And uh, and then they can and then they can just use it. They just basically okay. they essentially report back via the API what they actually used. So uh, it's sort of on an honor system, but uh, that's about as good as you can you can do. 
Um, and then people just would say, hey, I used five loans on this product for this amount. Here are the loan IDs. And then it sends that to our system and then it incorporates it into the database for the billing. And then that's that. Okay. Okay. Are you, are you trying to incorporate some sort of uh, um, confirmation from Lending Club uh, through the API so nope. it, can, it doesn't have to be self-reported? You're just going to nope, rely on this? Uh, you know, it's just self-reported. Uh, I'd like to think, you know, 99% of people out there are honest and, uh, and, and that's fine. I'm, I'm satisfied with that. I'm not going to okay. make my world revolve around detecting fraud. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, you Fair know, Peter, Peter, I got a comment for you about uh, about the speed at which these things go. I mean, uh, it may seem awkward for some listeners to hear this, but you know, the fractional marketplace really isn't all that competitive. Uh, that may <laughs> that may be an astonishing thing to say, uh, but we should count our blessings. Uh, you know, by comparison, the whole loan market is an order of magnitude more difficult. Uh, right. You know, I mean, you're talking about a situation there on the whole loan side where uh, there is no fraction. You either get the loan or you don't. Uh, right. There's, there's, no, there's yeah. no peace. Yeah. Uh, it's, yep. an, it's an unbelievable game of cat and mouse uh, with lending club frequently changing the rules and other sophisticated players constantly improving their execution strategies. You know, it's, it's a good month if I don't have to pull an all-nighter or two implementing ideas to shave off just a handful uh, more milliseconds from the end-to-end wow. process. Right. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. I know that you've you've got um, you know you landed a a big client a few months ago. Um, what can you just tell? What 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 is your um, you know strategy with institutional investors? I, I know you don't want to name the client, but can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what you're what what's available for um, for large large clients on the whole loan market? Sure, institutional clients. Um, all generally have uh, different goals. I've spoken with a number of institutional clients over the last year. I, I think that's half the fun of this endeavor is that I've gotten to speak with some, some amazing people and learn uh, learn what different institutions' uh, goals are and, and how they operate and what they're looking for. Um, but generally, we provide them the same thing that we provide the retail client, um, except it's a little more tailored. You know, in, in the case of the, the client that we have right now, uh, we sat down. You know, I gave all the same... Uh, uh, standard uh, information that, that we've just talked about here, a little bit about the history and who I am and all those kinds of things. But at the, mm-hmm. end, at the end, of the end of the day, we designed a custom portfolio uh, based on their goals, uh, their needs, uh, did a lot of back testing to show them h- how things should perform based on history, had to you know, work, up, work up an agreement and everything. Uh, but then ultimately, uh, you know, we've been acting as portfolio manager. And that's very exciting. I've been deploying, um, you know, millions of dollars uh, on the whole loan side, uh, cool. having to, to, to be very quick and, and adapt as uh, new players come onto the market and try to stay ahead of the curve. And, uh, you know, it, it's really been, uh, I tell you, uh, you know, hitting the execution button on, a, on a, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of loans every week is uh, at first made me sweat. But, uh, Right, uh, you know, right, you, sure. you, you, you know, you, you, you're convinced. You, you, you studied the market very carefully, and uh, you put a lot of trust in your models. And uh, anyway, the execution services have been a little challenging, but it's been uh, it's been a tremendous experience, and we're we're very pleased to have a good relationship with our client. And uh, you know, we're really looking to grow that side of our business because uh, it's it's just uh, it's a fascinating a fascinating industry. Right. So let, let's just talk a little about that. I mean, what. I mean, obviously, you've got a you've got a day job at a university. Um, what what is your what are your plans for P2P picks? What's what's going to happen? Um, what do you want to happen in 2014? 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, 2014, I'm sure that we'll have a lot more of the same, but I do hope that uh, we'll add on. We're going to revamp our website here probably in the next month or two, and we're going to be advertising a little bit more about our institutional client services that we provide. Uh, we're going to add a Prosper model in the next couple of months. The model is actually uh, done since November, but uh, we've got to integrate it into the system, and uh, so we'll be able to, to service probably 10 15%, uh, 20% more users who are interested in working on the Prosper side of things. Um, but, you know, the long-term vision is that, you know, we w- we'd like to become the Moody's of P2P. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, th- there really needs to be, a, there, there's a role for a third-party, uh, you know, independent credit modeling service sure. for all yep. platforms worldwide. You know, if, if the uh, mortgage-backed security crisis taught us anything, uh, it's that, that uh, there's a misalignment of incentives when a securities issuer is different from the investor. Uh, and that's not to right. say that, that, that that's wrong or, or bad. It's just, it just is. You know, issuers are motivated by origination and investors are motivated by performance. And the, mm-hmm. P, the P2P platforms uh, will continue to write paper until average returns drop to some basal level of, of performance that's deemed acceptable by the lowest common denominator in the market, which, you know, perhaps a large pension fund that's content to invest billions of dollars at a modest premium over treasuries. So, you know, in the long run, there's a lot of room for lemon loans in this market. Uh, you know, right. more and more loans may be subject to kind of that standard adverse selection problem. And I envision our service kind of being a, a guardian against that and keeping standards over time uh, that are constant and uh, can help the, the retail investor stay, uh, stay above board. Right, right. That's that, that's a good point. So let's just get back to something you said about Prosper. Um, what is that going to be available then on on P2Ppicks.com for retail investors? Uh, are you making it? Um, is this going to be a a separate a separate piece? Is it going to be available for everybody? Yeah, it'll be available for everybody. It'll be uh, just on that 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 same web page landing page that when you go to the uh, to the publications or the pick section, instead of two lines there, two rows for the publications for Lending Club. There will be two additional rows for, for Prosper. There will be a profit maximizer and a loss minimizer for Prosper as well. And all of those, uh, you know, all of these publications will, will be available via API for, for the sophisticated clients. Great, great. And at least um, Prosper and Lending Club have different uh, loan times when they actually add loans onto their platforms. So. Yeah, that's good. I don't need to add another that's- computer to my cluster. Yeah, exactly. There won't need to be like a double rush. Uh, that would, I hope they hope they hope they continue to do that. So, so okay, Bryce. This is this has been great. I uh, I think um, I've I've learned a lot today. I hope all the listeners have as well. I think uh, you've got a great service. You know, I've I've you know was I think one of your very first users, and I continue to invest today. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited about um, about getting Prosper on board, and you know, and about what changes are, are coming down the pipe. So, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, I can't wait to see what 2014 brings us. Yep, me too. Okay, thanks, Bryce. Have a great holiday, Peter. Bye-bye. Yep, you too. Bye. Okay, I hope you found that as fascinating as I did. Um, As I said, I use Bryce's service on a day-to-day basis, and I think he's done just some incredible work here over the last 12 months. And and speaking of his site, uh, just if you're interested in finding out more about P2P Picks, it is at 
P2, the number 2P-Picks, P-I-C-K-S dot com. And there will be a link uh, in the show notes at uh, lendacademy.com slash session three. You can see the, the notes I've made about this podcast and there'll be a link to Bryce's site there. So with that, I would like to sign off. I uh, wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Have a great time this holiday season. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.